Hello everybody, I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. Welcome back to Action Action, the podcast that watches all the action movies. We put them on a giant list. That list has become very uh, debatable. Argue, we're having some arguments about what belongs on there. You know, James uh, told me he wants to veto everything everywhere all at once off of the list, which which I don't know if you've listened to yet, Ryan. Uh, we uh, we ended it ended up ranking so high it's like at the number eight spot on the list. <laughs> But we'll get into all that stuff. So yeah, we are joined by a special guest today, Ryan, returning to help us co-host this. How you been, man? Oh, I've been good, man. Thanks for having me on. Patreon supporter, longtime supporter. In fact, our first, our first ever Patreon supporter. Yep. So thanks so much for that, man. Um, and we're going to talk about a classic, uh, Lethal Weapon 2. But before we get into all that stuff, I'm also joined by co-host John, of course. Hello. And once again, the house cat has gone back to rehab. <laughs> He just can't stay out. Uh, you know, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have some serious conversations with him about his issues. But putting all that aside, we're gonna get into uh, you know what we've been watching: our sink or swim, seek or destroy. Uh, Ryan, if you're ready, what what have you been watching lately? Uh, I watched first thing I watched. I watched um, a, a Yakuza film from the 1970s by director Kenji Fukatsu called Sympathy for the Underdog. Okay, I think I've heard the title. Is this? I, I get always get confused with the different the genres. You got the samurai genre stuff. You got your pinky violence stuff. Uh, where does this fit in? It's just like crime yakuza. Yeah, so it's like uh, he's he his most famous work is a, a film actually a film series called Battles Without Honor and Humanity. So it's it's okay. the was made in that same era between like the early to mid nineteen seventies. Yeah, and uh, how was that? Was it? Pretty cool. I actually really enjoyed it. It's actually one of his few films that hasn't gotten a Blu-ray release, sadly enough. But I was able to get a watch a copy online in HD, so I hadn't seen it, so it was uh, actually fairly enjoyable. So nice. That sounds interesting. That's another whole corner of things I'd like to explore <laughs> for sure. I haven't. I've I've only seen very little of that kind of stuff. But uh, anything else? Uh, yeah. Then I watched. Uh, um, this movie called No Man's Land. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. It's an 80s movie. Uh, I don't know who's in it. Charlie Sheen and D.P. Sweeney. I don't think I've seen that one. It's like, um, it's basically the same plot as Fast and the Furious. Like Fast and Furious, they like basically ripped it off. It's about this group of, uh, they, they steal Porsches. And this cop goes undercover in, in, to investigate them after they murdered another uh, police officer that was undercover. And then he ends up falling in love with the main guy who's Charlie Sheen's <laughs> sister and everything else so basically fast and the furious but it has like that cool 80s aesthetic so they just so just they ripped it off uh, basic, basically yeah how would you rank that one 
Oh, good or... yeah, it's it's pretty good. I, I'd probably give it like like a seven. It's a solid seven movie. Solid seven. Okay, so that's that's a recommend. That's a that's a seek, not yeah. a destroy. <laughs> uh, what else? Anything else or? Uh, yeah, I watched uh, I watched uh, Highway Racer. Highway is, Racer. Yeah, it's a 1977 Polizio Teschi movie with Maurizio Merli. Okay. Yeah, you're, that's your jam, right? There. Yeah, it's, it is my jam. It's basically about this uh, police officer, and he's going after like a gang of thieves, and they're like really precision drivers. And Rumi, Remy Julian, who was doing all the James Bond uh, series and stuff, he did all the stunt driving, so it's got really um, great car stunts in it. Oh, cool. I haven't heard of that one. I, I, I've got so many of those I want to watch, and I've got kind of a list I've been building of them. Um, and some some are fairly accessible, and there's I find there's still a lot of ones that I go looking for, and you can't you can't find them yet. Is you have a do you have a Blu-ray of that, or how did you watch? Yeah, it? I have a Blu-ray of it. Yeah, I... Highway Racer. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to look for that one. All right. Well, John, what about you? You got uh, you got anything you want to sink or well, sink or swim? I don't think I've watched as many movies this week. I caught up with some TV though, so we finished off Poker Face. Oh yeah, you finished Poker Face. Yeah, you finished it too. No, no, I'm. Stuck. Oh, you haven't. I'm midway through. Okay, so huge, huge thumbs up. Watch Poker Face, and then the big event of the last weekend was the the Last of Us. Oh yes, yeah, so got yeah, wrapped I, up. I did watch that, and uh, yeah, I mean, I don't want to spoil it. If anybody hasn't seen it, I don't know. Or played the video. Or game. played the video game. <laughs> um, have you? Did you watch? Uh, po- Sorry, the Last of Us. Uh, no, I haven't watched it yet. I hear, I hear it's really good. Yeah, so I, I really enjoyed it. I really like the ending. Um, I mean, if you played the game, you've seen the ending. Yeah. There's a lot of conversation online right now about... As always. <laughs> about about uh, the plausibility of some of the hmm. goals of the last episode and kind of the goal of the entire first season, whether it was even possible or plausible. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't really care about that stuff so much. Honestly. I do care about it if the writers, are we th- are we, without saying it, are we thinking the same thing? I'm not sure. <laughs> so it's about, yeah, the, the thing that we're talking about, the entire goal of what Joel and Ellie are trying to get to, there's debate in the real world about whether or not this is even a possibility. Right. And I like to think that if it isn't a possibility, the writers knew that, <laughs> which just adds a layer. That would add a layer if that's true. But yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, that that part of it doesn't matter to me. I really enjoyed the the first season. My my only problem with it was the pacing. I thought was off because it was very trying quickly trying to get through the entire first video game in a in a nine episode season, and so you kind so, of you kind of lose a lot of the action and suspense and horror element of the show. Because you need time for all the the important emotional beats, which they did hit, and they hit well. Uh, would you have been? Would you necessarily have thought that though, if there was no video game? Well, I don't know. I, it's hard I to mean, know. I don't know. Of course, it's just yeah. that. Uh, that's the only thing I can go by is because I have played the game, so then the timing feels off. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I liked it a lot. Um, I don't know. It's just it's a great it's a great show with great acting and some pretty pretty fantastic writing. Yeah, that's that was the big one. And then I, uh, in following in the House Cat's footsteps, I have watched now all the Jumanji movies with my kids. <laughs> uh, I surprisingly liked them. 
Yeah, uh, I mean, I've, uh, I've, I mean, I like the original one with Robin Williams, and I, I thought the 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 one after that with Rock and Jack Black was was fine. I didn't see whatever the most recent one was that they did. Uh, so there's Welcome to the Jungle, and then there's <laughs> Next Level. Yeah, I didn't see Next Level. Yeah, they're enjoyable. They're they're. They're decent kids movies. Yeah. I mean, they're they rehash the same things pretty much in right. a slightly different way. Um, I don't know. The Rock, which Dwayne one, Johnson. Which one's the best out of the three? Ah, uh, uh, I would say the first half of the first one is probably the best. <laughs> yeah, it goes really goofy and crazy in the second half. Of yeah, the original well, I mean, Jumanji, as, as the game but like it like escalates and it it goes yeah. into like real slapsticky stuff that I wasn't expecting, yeah, and like winking at the camera, like breaking the fourth wall in the first one. Oh, sorry, the first of the new ones. No, 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 oh, the, the original, original. Okay, which I didn't expect. I don't remember that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, overall, I'd say the first one's really great. It's a totally different thing than the other ones, but it goes. I, I this first. Welcome to the Jungle, I believe, is is number <laughs> well, two, one, like, two, two, two point one. Right, two point one. <laughs> and it, I guess it's better than two point two. But Danny DeVito's in two point two. Oh, well, you always. Well, you, you also probably should have come to come to me last, because I think I, unless I am crazy, mm-hmm. um, Danny Glover is in the second one, two point two. Oh, is he? Yeah, you fool. I didn't see it. We should have known that so that I could transition. <laughs> well, you can't transition because now I got to talk about the, what I watched. <laughs> anyway, I like I like them. Uh, bu- 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 not really watching much else. I got a list. I started watching Cocaine Bear. Oh, I I watched it. Did you like it? Not really. Really? Yeah. It sucks. I, I thought it kind of sucked, but we'll get into it right now. I'll talk about it. Uh, so yeah, I did watch Cocaine Bear. Uh, really wanted to like this movie. Love the title. Love the premise. And it kind of sucks. I mean, it's it's got very little cocaine bear in it. Did you see that movie, Ryan? No, we're, we're, me and the wife want to see it. We haven't seen it yet. Yeah, I mean, just my take. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of to do with these characters in the movie which who aren't interesting and are not funny. Uh, there's there's like two or three funny parts in the movie. There is a couple of good sequences with the bear itself, but the bear, I mean, he's in it very little. I saw the first kill. Oh yeah, yeah. With uh, the Icelandic right yeah, folk the couple. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I just watched it last night, and I I didn't unfortunately I did not enjoy it. Like, <laughs> it is a, it's a real destroy for me. Uh, but I also watched this uh, neo noir movie from 1990 called After Dark, My Sweet. Um, this is with. Uh, have you heard of this, Ryan? No, I actually haven't heard of this one. It's got um, Jason Patrick and Bruce Dern is in it. Uh, it's actually really interesting. I had never heard of it until uh, I saw someone mention it on some movie group I'm a part of, I think on Facebook or something. Uh, pretty interesting movie. Um, definitely has the, you know, that nineties, uh, sort of deserty neo-noir vibe. Like if, um, you guys seen Red Rock West with Nick Cage, oh, yeah. kind of that kind of same feeling as that, or U-turn even with Sean Penn. Um, yeah, I don't know. I liked it quite a bit. It's, it's, it gets a little slow at times, but it's pretty interesting. Jason Patrick, who I've never really been much of a fan of like he's been good in some stuff like i like lost boys and i don't know um 
uh, Narc is really good with him. But this he is incredible in this movie. He's like uh, a punch drunk kind of boxer. He escapes from a mental institution and then he is just kind of like hitching around the country and he meets this woman and her uncle, Bruce, who's Bruce Dern, and uh, they get him involved in a sort of a kidnapping plot for ransom. Um, he is awesome the way he plays this part. Like he's just, he looks like a, he's a little loopy. He's kind of out of it all the time. You think he's really dumb, but you're kind of like, well, I don't know. He's there's times he suddenly seems like he's smart and you're like, I don't know what's going on here. So pretty interesting movie after dark, my sweet. And then I watched, uh, let it ride with Richard Dreyfus. This is an eighties comedy. I've seen this before actually a long time ago. Uh, it's where he is. He, he promises his wife, he's going to quit gambling at the track. Um, but then his friend of his is a cab driver, uh, Buster, Buster Poindexter from Scrooged. <laughs> he uh, overhears this conversation with these guys about this sure thing horse. So Richard Dreyfuss decides he's just going to make this one bet on this horse. And he goes and he wins. And then he's he, got, he decides to keep betting. And he's just having this day where he can't lose. Uh, it's really fun movie. It's just mostly spent at the horse track and at the shitty bar across the road. A lot of colorful characters in it. Uh, Terry Gar is his wife and she's, you know, pissed at him cause he's gambling and he's trying to explain to her. No, no, but like, I'm just, I'm winning, I'm winning. And he keeps putting everything he wins. He puts on the next bet. Um, almost like he's letting it, almost like he's letting it, ride. almost like he's letting it ride. <laughs> it's a really fun movie. It's nothing like amazing, but I don't know. It's just a fun time. Um, so I really enjoyed watching that again. And then I watched the new Luther movie. Ooh, I Luther watched this. Luther Fallen Sun. Did what you watch is, it? Yeah. What is your opinion? I thought it was okay. Uh, there's, it's, it was certainly entertaining. It is outrageous. Like it is, the, the plot is so absurd. <laughs> it was one of the, like, I'm pretty fucking like stoned. I'm watching this thing <laughs> and I'm like, this is like the most, the most fucked up movies I've ever seen. <laughs> And like legitimately, I think it actually is one of the most fucking evil bad guys I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, I mean, he is. It's it's Andy Serkis playing the bad guy, which isn't really a spoiler. You find that out very quickly. But but as far as like pure evil bad guys, for lack of a better word, yeah, malicious intent. He is sort of, uh, straight up a villain. He's a super villain. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, like he is a James Bond level villain in the in this and. Thing. The crazy fucking like shit he puts his victims through, and then the other, the, just the I don't know. There's like the physical victims, mm. and then the psychological victims, who are often family members yeah, of the yeah. murdered victim, is crazy. Yeah, it is, and it's I don't know. It's like so highly orchestrated, and there's even some like crazy locations and stuff in this one compared to some like of the Dover. Other yeah, well, like in Lu the regular Luther, the series, and the other and the other movie thing or two that they've done, it's it's pretty much just in London all the time, right? So this felt like. Yeah, where is Dover? I don't know. I guess it's where's Dover? Your Dover is right. I think it's I think it's by the Channel. Like I think it's like basically on the English Channel. Okay, I don't know where the English Channel is. <laughs> it's between. Is that, is that channel? Is that four? <laughs> channel four. Channel four. Yeah. Channel no, it's between. Isn't the channel between London and France? Yeah, like England and France. Yeah, or? they have a tunnel that goes underneath of them. Yeah. The train. Yeah, the channel. Yeah, the channel. I'll say yeah. two scenes stick out to me in particular. One, a fire inside of a mansion. 
Yeah, yeah. That's when I was like, holy shit. <laughs> and two, when they're walk when they're in Dover and they're walking across the ice for the yeah. first time, yeah. was truly like kind of a shocking moment. Yeah. Well, and it tied back into the it, very beginning of the movie. And, and it like, ties oh. into the end. Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> man, that show is uh it took me. It took me places I didn't expect it to take me. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. I'm kind of. I'm mixed feelings on it. Like I enjoyed watching it. I was totally like into it while I was watching it, but also it's like goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> it is very much a novel. Yeah. Yeah. Is it Alex Cross or, or no? Yeah. Uh, yeah, like James Patterson. <laughs> it's like the no, like the guy who wrote it. Yeah, it's like one of those British. Is it Alex Cross? What's fuck? Oh, who wrote the Luther ones? I don't know. And now John has to do some research. I gotta stop holding this thing. <laughs> that was your whole purpose of getting this mic was so you could hold it. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> shit happens. Uh, yeah, I thought it was really good though. Did your wife watch it? No, she has. I don't, uh, she hasn't seen any of the Luther. I think. Oh, maybe she watched some of the early oh, seasons, but Neil Cross. Neil Cross. Okay. Yeah. So she's too. Um, it's too like, intense. I think for her. she's not not into that level of. It's way beyond what Which i is expected because she listens to like real non-murder podcast shit like non-stop but movies not not for her but yeah so anyway i'd say luther check it out if you've enjoyed this series it's it's pretty entertaining uh but yeah other than that i think we should get into today's movie we're going to talk about lethal weapon 2 uh james hit that trailer who is it police open up how do i know you're the police after I shoot you through the door, you can examine the bullet. Open up. Mel Gibson. Danny Glover. Come on, let's go, Rod. Oh, no, we well, shit. Let's, let's go. Let's go. Come on, Rod. Don't be a killjoy. Oh, come on, we're back. We're bad. You're black. I'm mad. Come on, man. Hey, 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 listen. If we're going, shouldn't I have a gun? No. no. Now, get ready for something lethal. I'm surprised you haven't heard about me. You know, I got a bad reputation. I mean, sometimes I just go nuts like now. <laughs> because the magic Gun! is back. Watch out the window, Are you all right, man? Yeah, I'm okay. Where were you, man? You're my partner or what? Why didn't you follow me down? Yeah, why didn't you follow him down? Shut up! I'm seven floors up! Lethal Weapon 2. You go first. I'm really too old for this. You go first. I'll cover you. Eeny, meeny, miny. police work officer come on no back to my place hey i'll even cook lucky i have to live with that you're not gonna make it i'm gonna make it no there's not enough room you were right you know yeah there there wasn't enough room lethal weapon two this time they're not taking any crap just get off me man i don't want anybody to see us like that Okay, so Lethal Weapon 2, 1989, directed, of course, by Richard Donner. Of course, you know, everyone knows starring Mel Gibson, Danny Glover, Joe Pesci, Joss Ackland, Patsy Kensett, among others. Uh, and Ryan, you wanted to do this movie. What was the, uh, what was your motivation? What did you want to do this one for? Well, uh, you guys hadn't done it yet, and it's, I think it's probably my favorite Lethal Weapon. Yeah. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, looking back at it it's probably mine too I, I i go back and forth between this and the first one but this one is kind of like let's take the first one and just amp everything up <laughs> like the action is amped up um the comedy is amped up like everything is at a kind of a higher level here 
Uh, John, I assume you've seen Lethal Weapon 2 before. Yes, a long time ago. Uh, like, I haven't seen it in probably 20-something years since I was like in high school. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually don't like this as much as the first one. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think the first one is, a, is slightly better. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, this one, uh, this is an interesting film. Uh, especially for the amount of times Mel Gibson drops his accent. Yeah, I did notice a couple of accents. He drops, drops it a bunch of times in this movie. There's the scene where he's telling Danny Glover's wife about how his wife had died. And I noticed his accent, like, felt, I noticed the Australian accent creeping in uh, during that, that monologue. Or yeah, whatever. also, it's like, also, it's very interesting, though, because, you know, there's different kinds of, like, struggles in a movie like man versus man and and like really this is just the story of um like not in the film but like in real life this is just the story of man versus his future self in <laughs> mel gibson and uh arjun rudd i mean this is just uh this is a man looking at himself in 30 years and just say, seeing like what you know he hates himself but he becomes um so i thought as a as a it was a pretty interesting study <laughs> right yeah yeah that is uh i did think about that a little bit when i was watching this last night um you know other other gibson movies we've covered that's not necessarily really come up for us just because it's not so germane to the plot of the fucking movie we're, we're watching yeah i'm but. pretty sure mel gibson wrote at least the south africans dialogue for most <laughs> or he of he learned or he learned something he, from it anyway well yeah um i yes. did have to look up some words in this movie you it did. turns out they were racial slurs oh the the, the kefir thing yeah i didn't well, don't say it oh sorry <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i didn't feel comfortable i wouldn't feel comfortable it, it seems like a pretty terrible word yeah i mean i've never looked it up i, I did from, <laughs> when i was a kid i mean from context i was like oh i assume that's like analogous to yeah. the n-word or it whatever. is it, yeah. i mean from what i i looked up it just says like yeah racist yeah. word term. <laughs> it's fucking dutch um but yeah this is one that like when i was young first of all of course saw it when it came out i remember uh, i didn't go to the theater but i remember you know my dad renting it when it came out and then um and then it was on cable like all the fucking time like it was on TBS, it was on Spike or whatever, and just so like I feel like I've seen it like thousands of times. <laughs> it feels like it was just always on, and it was always a movie you could just kind of like have on while you were doing other shit. Have you seen this one a lot, Ryan? Yeah, I've watched it. Uh, I used to have, uh, I think I recorded off of like the Movie Network or something back in the day. Um, I watched the VHS over and over and over again. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it was it was one I almost felt like I didn't even have to rent because it was on so often on tv uh like after after that first period after it had come out um and then of course at some point that faded away but yeah like tbs i feel like it was just you had a good shot if you turned it turned it to the channel that lethal weapon 2 was going to be on and it was always two it was never it was never one for some reason but um yeah i don't know this one is like it hits the ground running we're right into a set piece right off the bat uh chase sequence and this, it does that funny thing of like, I guess, you know, it's part of the sort of noir history to tie your A plot and your B plot together. And somehow it turns out, yes, it's all connected. Um, and that, that one does this, this to such a degree. Yeah. <laughs> like everything is connected in this one. Well, yeah. 
it's um, there's a lot going on in the film, and South Africans, powerful people, they're moving money, <laughs> they're having cops killed on the regular. And there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, because diplomatic <laughs> immunity, I mean, probably the most famous <laughs> part of the film. But, I mean, these South Africans, they're fucking crazy. Yeah. They're this is, to go to... And I, I didn't say, know what a coup... Sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, this is right in the... Like, just as the apartheid was kind of reaching its apex before it basically... Within a few years, it would be gone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's made it topical at this moment. I had to look up out. what a cougarand was. <laughs> I didn't know what that was. I've heard the term like a million times, but I didn't know fucking what it was. Did you know what it was? No, isn't it just isn't it just gold currency from? It's Denmark? a South African oh, gold currency that was created around this time as oh. a way, I think, to keep power or something. I don't know. I stopped reading. I got bored. <laughs> well, thanks for the information. All I know is, is that it was invented. I think it was invented by the South Africans. Okay, the white people. Right. I mean, this movie is, uh, yeah, it, it it's like it almost comes out knowing how racist Mel Gibson's going to end up being, <laughs> um, and just trying to like show like how unracist the movie is, uh, like the creator, yeah. the the filmmakers. Well, I think you know, like Ryan's saying, because that stuff was going on at that time, it was a pretty topical thing to put into the plot of your action film. Do you think so? You think there was a lot of. Like there's a lot of people like Richard Donner was like, oh man, you know, who's ripe to get taken down <laughs> the South Africans. Well, it's a convenient villain. In I know it's great, film, but right? I don't think it was like, I don't think people were lining up to make South African movies. Well, no, how many but, are there? But, but it's something, I think it was something that was on a lot of people's mind. Like I remember as a kid hearing about apartheid. Oh, you're like a hundred. And... You were like 18 when this movie came out. <laughs> <laughs> you were a kid. I was you, you 11 years halfway, old, John. You were halfway through your first marriage when this movie... <laughs> you, yeah, you were shaving, dropped. Dustin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, a little, a little bit of shaving. <laughs> I was 11 years old when this came out, thank you. And uh, But I remember that being a big deal at the time, and it was being talked about. It. We talked about it in school. We, my, you know, you'd hear your lethal parents talking two? about it. Lethal Weapon 2? Cougarants. Yeah, they'd be talking about Lethal Weapon 2 at school. And uh, <laughs> I remember... Uh, I barely remember any... I mean, I was much younger. Much mm-hmm. younger. I was... Oof wee baby um but yeah i don't i i, I know i've heard cougar ants i've heard that ridiculous south african accent mm-hmm. don't come for me south africans don't come from got any south african listeners in there? i don't know probably a canadian accent's ridiculous so we're <laughs> i don't care um they got the dutch girl in there mm-hmm Gotta have a love interest. Yeah, which that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Gotta have it in your movie. Well, fuck did this that is come a four from? quadrant film, okay? <laughs> we've got the action, we've got politics, we've got comedy, and we gotta have some romance. It's a real top gun. <laughs> exactly. One. Yeah, I mean, you probably could have done without that whole side plot because as we learn as the film goes on, and we're jumping all over here, but we learn that Mel Gibson's first wife was in fact murdered by the this henchman of the South African I don't think we even said what the plot is yet. Yeah, we haven't. I should read the synopsis. So we have a we have a real good starting point. <laughs> All right. In the opening chase, Martin Riggs and Roger Murtaugh stumble across a trunk full of Krugerands. They follow the trail to a South African diplomat who's using his immunity to conceal a smuggling operation. 
when he plants a bomb under Murtaugh's toilet, the action explodes. That's the synopsis according to Letterboxd. Um, I mean, there is a, so many classic moments in this, but yeah, so I don't really understand what exactly the smuggling operation is. Uh, apparently they're smuggling gold and... Well, they've got a whole bunch of money on that. Money? On that. And one car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I know at the time with the actual real South Africa, there was like embargoes and stuff and they weren't allowed to trade or buy certain things on the open market and stuff because of the because of the apartment so maybe that's tied in the plot i you that know that would, would make it, sense yeah i'm a millennial i don't i'm too young it's for not this, really like you, Dustin. It, it doesn't, it's not like they really go into detail about what exactly they're doing they're bad guys they're up to no good we realize that so if they're making apartheid movies in 1988 about this apartheid was from 1948 to 1994 when are we going to get an Isra- israel apartheid movie <laughs> well, that's a ways off yet i feel like james is like i'm cutting this <laughs> james is cutting this so he's leaving it on the floor <laughs> uh, but yeah so like we were talking about right away we got a chase sequence it's the classic let's get us back to f- that those lethal weapon vibes that you remember from the first movie uh riggs of course has to get out of the car he's he's on foot a, a classic jump on the car and hang on somehow sort of which he does twice actually in this in this movie i feel like this movie is half car chases <laughs> it's some good ones um and then that's when they you know they the first guy gets away but they like find his car crashed they open the trunk and it's full of the Kruger ends, and that's how they get into this so it was just a drug deal that went wrong that they were supposed to bust it turns out to be this major case involving these South African dudes. And then at the same time, uh, they're, they're assigned this job of protecting this new character. <laughs> so stupid. Um, Leo gets, sorry, I couldn't think of his name. Leo yeah, Cause Leo gets whatever you need. Leo gets Leo gets get it. Uh, this to me at the time when this came out, I thought this Joe Pesci was so fucking funny. In this oh movie. yeah, I remember. I remember <laughs> thinking that Joe Pesci was like, "Oh my god, where did this this comedic savant come from? His timing is impeccable. He's so loud. <laughs> he's so loud. I, I oh, this, he's a. I was gonna say at this point, Joe Pesci wasn't like a known commodity either. Like he had done yeah. Raging Bull and stuff, but this is Home Alone. This is before Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a year before Goodfellas. So. Yeah, I think this was probably the first thing that I really noticed him in. Um, Because I hadn't seen fucking Raging Bola at that age. So, um, but he's he's so funny. And of course, then from here on out, he becomes a permanent fixture in the series. That's kind of what they did. Like in each movie, they sort of added one new person to the squad. Like obviously. Rene Russo in the third one. Yeah, Rene Russo. And then I guess arguably Chris Rock in the fourth one. Um, and I guess if they do actually ever put out this fifth one, which they're supposedly working on, we'll see if Chris Rock uh, reprises his role and then they have to bring in yet another new new character. But You know what they really should? Chris Rock, Will Smith should be asking Chris Rock to be the bad guy. <laughs> Can I be the bad guy in, in the, the next weapon? No, bad in Boys? The, in the next Bad Boys oh, the next movie. Bad Boys. Oh, yeah. You know, like squash that beef on camera. I mean, it just makes good business sense, right? <laughs> hey, look, this is a business. It's called the movie business, not the movie friendship. I mean, it's like the pro wrestling. Do you guys hate each other? Good. Use that heat. Yeah. Let's have a match. Let's do business. Oh, well, actually, <laughs> interesting enough, I just uh, I just heard that uh, when 
the all uh, what's it the the, the Undertaker mm. when he was wrestling, uh, there was one guy he hated more than anybody else, Vega. Vega. Black guy, big. Savio Vega. I don't know, big black dude. Fat oh, guy. You're thinking of Viscera. Viscera. <laughs> yeah, Vis- I remember Viscera. He, he, hate, he hated Viscera. Well, everyone because hated he, Viscera because he was unsafe. In he the was ring. unsafe. So he Undertaker was like, put him on my team. Yeah. So he became part of the Undertaker's team so that he would never have to wrestle him. <laughs> so this is what should happen. So, so, so fucking uh, uh, Chris Rock should bring in Will Smith into his like inner circle. <laughs> So that Will Smith is like slapping other people. <laughs> you slap people for me. You, you slap know? people for we slap people together. <laughs> we slap as one. <laughs> yeah, I like it. <laughs> it could really they could totally it. do they could totally do a bad boys evil up and crossover. Mike Lowry could be on loan to the LAPD or something. Exactly. Now that's huge. Right? Oh, and Riggs could be the bad guy. <laughs> because he's got <laughs> He's become. He's become. He's now the new minister to South Africa. He's the new, yeah. He's trying to bring a tar- apartheid back. What a twist in the rig story that would be. I don't think anyone wants to see that. Really. I do. <laughs> um, what happens here? Okay, so they get they get assigned. Leo gets. They got to protect him. He's been laundering money for mobsters or whatever, and he's in witness protection. Uh, I mean, their interactions are really fun. You gotta love all that stuff. The 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 way that they kind of just like treat him like shit, but they end up loving him by the end of the movie. Yeah, at the end <laughs> where they're like, just take the police car and just drive back to the station. Yeah. You're fine. You're good, man. Can I use the sirens? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure, little yeah, guy, go for go. it. Turn, you run the siren all the way. But they were they were like because they he they they have that chase and then. They get they involved with these South Africans, and then they basically show up at at uh, Murtaugh's house and basically threaten him in the middle of the night. And then the captain's like, "Hey, go protect this guy, and you know, have at it. It'll be fun. It'll be a couple of days, you know, relax and everything." And then he gets rolled into this whole thing too. Yeah, he's also connected to the main storyline. Oh yeah, they took me up to this house with this with stilts and on stilts. Yeah, at a job yeah. interview. And so then they're just like, yeah, come on, come with us, guy in witness protection, and we'll go check it out. Yeah, and then he goes in with the, he's at the pool stuff, and he's like, I'm here to clean the pool. And he's like, there's no pool. This house is on stilts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, he uses the pool thing to beat them up. Um, the, the It's the classic 80s stuff where it's just like, there's no procedure. There's no, like, you know. Not, we're not sticking to anything if we think there's a bad guy we're fucking going to get him and like it doesn't matter what the law is doesn't matter if we have a fucking warrant <laughs> doesn't matter any of that stuff we're gonna get these motherfuckers um which does become a lot more understandable by the end once you've got all the revenge minded stuff happening for for rigs but um he's just well i guess you know we're still they're still playing off the idea that rigs is kind of a bit loony from the first movie like you know, the first movie is obviously a lot darker. Like Riggs is suicidal or at least possibly suicidal. He's got like a bit of a death wish. Doesn't really care about himself. And there is humor in that first movie, but like the humor, they, they lean way more into the humor in this one. Obviously adding Pesci is part of that, but also just the stuff between Riggs and Murtaugh feels a lot like more amped up joke wise. And you don't have that edge of Riggs anymore where he's like, he is still kind of obviously a bit crazy, but he's not like in the first movie. You know what I mean? Now he's crazy he, like a fox. 
you, well, you sure. kind of see it a little bit in the, 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 like towards the end, he starts getting more, he kind of goes a little crazy, but in the beginning, he's a little bit more kind of chill. Yeah. Like, yeah, he definitely gets more there by the end of the movie, but it, it took a little something away from it. I thought just cause like I was saying, like that first movie has a bit more of that dark edge to it than this one, but this one is just so loaded with stuff. It's hard not to have a really good time while you're watching it. Like, so the, he goes to the house on stilts. Uh, is that the part where they chase? They get in another car chase sequence, right? Yeah, now? and then the surfboard goes through the windshield. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, that sequence is really fun. I'm still not physically sure how Riggs is able to hold on to that front bumper <laughs> like that, but it looks cool. It's pretty fun. I mean, the action is really well staged in the classic sort of American '80s action cinema style. But like Donner does a pretty good job capturing all that shit and making it pretty exciting like um, back, i was gonna say back to the opening too like i liked how it was like two poli- separate police chases that became one police chase i thought that was kind of a cool idea oh as well. yeah right and they're like each guy's kind of they're teach- taking their own car that they're chasing and stuff yeah uh, and they're thinking yeah. bets because they're like oh are they gonna get them and they're like well they're in the station wagon and they're like oh i didn't know about the station wagon i want my money back yeah, yeah, that was good. You you get a bit more of the like camaraderie of the of the cops like at the station, and some of that stuff is funny. Like, oh, it's Riggs and Murtaugh, so I'll put down twenty or whatever. Um, yeah, but then they don't know because it's Murtaugh's wife's station wagon, and they yeah, all want out. Yeah, the brand new station wagon that gets destroyed, utterly destroyed. I always find the squad the squad in this interesting too, because you have Agent Johnson from Die Hard, and then you have yeah. Hank from Breaking Bad, and then you have yeah. Jack Goldstein from Aliens. Are all in the detective. Yeah, story. yeah. Well, now they're all in heaven, and now they're all in heaven. <laughs> yeah. Because as as the movie rolls on, they all get murdered by the yeah. South African guys. These South Africans are fucking crazy. Yeah, they are really willing to go to extremes. Which I was like, okay, I re- I understand you have diplomatic immunity, or somehow his whole team of people have diplomatic immunity, which I don't really get. I thought it was just him. But like when they go to the house and they're yeah after, after them, the chase yeah, uh, and then like there's all the security guys with guns and stuff, and then like they just leave and they're like, okay, well, I guess we're not arresting anybody because the one guy's got diplomatic immunity. Yeah, well, you know, let them go. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how this these laws work. Diplomatic. Exactly. Okay, so I think that we can put diplomatic immunity on the list of things that I had to worry about when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's up there now with with quicksand right right with quicksand yeah it's right? one of those things where you're like oh man i hope i'm never in a situation where i'm gonna have to deal with someone well, who's diplomatic i'm a kid and i'm like i really i'm like i mean if anything were ever to happen to my my mom or my like that would be terrible but like I, hopefully it's not somebody with diplomatic immunity <laughs> Because then I'll have to go out. be able to get my vengeance. I'll have to be. Well, I'd have to get my own vengeance then. I can't even rely on the legal system. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have to go vigilante. Really, if you want to get rid of vigilanteism, just get, <laughs> rid, get rid of, of diplomatic, diplomatic immunity. immunity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think because there's some good moments in that car chase. Uh, he's he's got like the isn't he towing a car like the the bad guy he's like yeah, he's he has dual- a tow truck and he's got like a car that's like halfway up the flatbed yeah yeah it was halfway up when he took off it kind and of oh uh, no sorry go ahead Dustin oh I was just gonna say then it goes flying off at the end and almost like squishes rigs and he's got to roll out of the way or whatever 
It kind of reminded me a little bit of Road Warrior, but like, but the opposite. Like instead of Mel Gibson being the guy driving, people are trying to get on the the truck. He's the one trying to get on the truck. Yeah, it's the reverse. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good point. Uh, well, I mean, you gotta have a good, you just gotta have a good one of these sequences in this era of movie, and this is a pretty good one. Um, he's hanging on, he's fighting the guy, rolling off the front. Yeah, it is actually pretty pretty much the same <laughs> sequence i mean except for you know they're not shooting like fucking blades at each other <laughs> or something <laughs> um and then so yeah they're t- they're warned they gotta they gotta back off these guys and of course Riggs, he's like shadowing the guy and like the, harassing him at the consulate and stuff yeah showing up with the end apartheid sign and stuff <laughs> um i'm trying to remember what, what at what point does he go into the offices and like shoot the fish tank well, they That's go in because they send. Well, they send Joe. The, 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 they send Joe Pesci in with with Murtaugh, and he's like, "Well, my friend wants to move to South Africa." And he's That's like, right. And I want you to talk about it. He's like, "Well, why?" And then he shows up and he sees him, and he's like, "But, but you're black, <laughs> right?" <laughs> the moment. <laughs> and then he uses that diversion to get in to sneak in. Yeah, yeah. He's looking around. He finds a sheet of paper that he. Steals. Why would they just shoot him in there then? Yeah, they, well, they should have just killed him. They should have killed him, and then uh, they're they're willing to kill cops. They blow up. These guys are bomb makers. Yeah, you they, know, like they kill their guy that that lost all the Krugerrands in the first scene because he shoots him on that plastic tarp, and then later the, the hench. I thought that was a funny <laughs> line when the hench guy is the henchman guy is like looking around the right hand man, and he's like, just making sure I'm not standing on any plastic. <laughs> so this is kind of a side note, and we can cut this out, but. Have you ever thought about the representation of like nationalities or religious groups and stuff like that, like as bad guys and how they're always associated with certain weapons? Like if like um, Middle Eastern people are always associated with bombs in movies. Sure. Or right. They'll have like AK-47. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. Because like it's all like a throwback right. to like Euro, the Afghan Euro war. trash type villains will have like some sort of like fancy european assault. like hk mp5 or yeah, yeah yeah i yeah. and i swear every time they go to mexico there's always like a machete or something like that gets like taken <laughs> right. out right mm-hmm. but like kind of the beauty of like the south africans is that like they're kind of a like, they could do everything <laughs> they've got they've got guns <laughs> great car chases set they'll literally set a bomb in your bathroom in your toilet in your toilet or, or yeah, a diving board. The diving yeah. board. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the goal here is to find a nationality, because it's always a nationality or an ethnic yeah. group, and then just find one that nobody really talks about, and then you can give them whatever, uh, whatever like, special powers you want. <laughs> right. Well, and I mean, that's the advantage to, I guess, making one up, too, except then people don't have any identity to connect it to in their stereotype minds, right? So yeah, but, like, <laughs> I guess, like outside of apartheid because it hasn't really been a part of our life like mm. especially living in canada it's like they just they're pretty much just like they're a bit of a blank slate yeah because... they're, but if anything they're they are just like germanic with like a worse accent like yeah well they're dutch <laughs> i yeah so think about that for a while <laughs> Think about where you come from, John. <laughs> my my people left that country a long time ago. <laughs> um, yeah, I like the sequence where he shoots the the fish tank though, because he that's where he's starting to get a little more 
nuts, right? He's, yeah. He does that. He does that kind of grin thing where he's like, yeah. Some people, you know, sometimes I just go kind of a little bit crazy. His eyes like are getting. He's like the Joker a little bit, eh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, when he shoots the, he's like doing the eeny meeny miny, and he goes and mo like because he was watching that. earlier. He was watching, watching three, Stooges. three Stooges, and then later they use the exact same audio from that scene. He says it again um, <laughs> when those guys all come and like shoot the shit out of his trailer park house or whatever. With the helicopter, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then they're like standing in the dark. He like pops up and is like, and it's, they just, I swear they just use the same audio where he's like, hello. And he like kills the <laughs> first guy. Or whatever. Probably because he couldn't get rid of his accent for whatever line he was trying to record that day. <laughs> no, I'm sure they stuck it in later. Like, oh, let's throw it. It'll be funny if he says the Mo thing again. <laughs> right. Yeah. Here. I was listening to a podcast, uh, the screenwriting podcast that James is always getting me to try to get me to listen to it. So if I started listening to it, Patton Oswalt was talking about going into writer's rooms and just writing like asides. Yeah. Like after the movie's done, like stick some of these in with. ADR. Yeah. And he's like, I have written so many jokes for people's backs. Cause it's always when a person's <laughs> right. back is, you can't see their face. Yeah. And it talking. just makes me. Yeah. So they probably did just like stick that in and be like, this is going to be fucking hilarious. I'm, sure they, I'm positive. That's what they did. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that stuff's pretty fun. I mean, it's, it's, you know, the action gets to an absurd level in this movie. Like, not not clearly not going for realism but um it's so much fun shit of course this is after he's brought the the south african girl that is the secretary which he happened no no he doesn't happen to run into her at the grocery store he follows he, her there which isn't her. creepy at all Stalk, yeah, and her, then yeah. and then refuses to take no for an answer <laughs> about about hanging out yeah this is very unmel gibson ask <laughs> yeah um and I just I felt like that whole part was just not necessary because we already have the thing where we find out that the henchman guy killed his wife years ago for some other reason. Where I like he how thought they tied it, that into the first movie though. I thought that was kind of good though too. Yeah, I mean it's good in terms of like, oh yeah, okay, we're getting to this stuff about Riggs's character, but it is it just feels a little like convenient that all of this stuff is attached to each other. I mean, I know you've only got your two hours to tell this story, so um, it's just like a lot of coincidence going on, right? But well, they, yeah, and they didn't need to do this. They didn't have to have this scene in here. And then this is probably the well, most. They could have the scene of them trying to kill him. Yeah, and they didn't have to have her having, there. You know, we get the we get the of course the having to take his shoulder out so that he can escape from the straitjacket, which we you know not so much foreshadowed as just plain <laughs> shadows early. yeah um but but like there's these guys on helicopters they also these south africans have fucking helicopters they have choppers remember in that car chase they like come down and the guys the chopper, escape yeah. yeah why aren't they just whatever um <laughs> but like so they shoot up this and i think this is just the thing because it's modern mod we have we have, we ask more questions now Yes, About we movie? ask way more questions. But it's like they're just littering this thing with bullets, and it's just like his trailer. His trailer, and he just like crawls out the bottom. He pops out that little hatch. The little puppy. <laughs> wakes I mean, him. as a kid, I totally bought it. I, I, I didn't. But let's it. be honest, this isn't a kids' movie. Sure, it is. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes. If we were to have children together at us, and our children could watch it. That's uh, that's weird on a lot of levels. But that's yeah. not that weird. <laughs> so after the part where they're like, he's harassing them at the consulate, is that when they put the bomb on Murtaugh's toilet? 
I can't remember exactly the order of some of these events because each time the South Africans do something, they're like, well, let's do something that will will terrorize them and then they'll stop they'll stop harassing us. But instead, it just like motivates them to go after them even more each time, right? So after even after like that that very iconic sequence with the bomb on the toilet, and I also have memories of reading the Mad Magazine parody of this <laughs> film <laughs> with that scene. Um, you know, that's a super memorable scene. Of course, they dive in the toilet. They don't get blown up. The, I like how it shows the toilet with a bunch of shit in the bowl. Like it lands on the lands on. The, <laughs> I did see that. And I was like, that's a fucking <laughs> gross toilet. It lands on the windshield. But it didn't car. have like shit in it. It had like it was like a 7-Eleven toilet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought I saw like a bunch of shit in the bowl. It was bowl. like stained. Yeah, stained. Yeah. It, it always made me laugh too when he's like, he finds him and he's like, He's like, just we're looking at the bomb squad here. He's like, well, just keep it quiet. And the next scene, there's like cops yeah. and ambulances <laughs> and fire trucks everywhere. And I thought that was funny. And then what's oh, yeah. her name shows up? The psychologist. Yeah, she shows up and she's like, oh, forget it. Yeah. Gail Wallens. Yeah, Gail Wallens. Yeah. Um, and like, there's always this whole running gag all the time about they're giving Murtaugh a hard time all the time, right? So this just feeds into more of the stuff he's got to put up with. And the daughter being in the condom commercial too, and they're putting condoms and everything. Yeah, the rubber, the rubber tree, the rubber yeah. plant that they yeah. give him. <laughs> I mean, he's he's he laughs it off. He he he's like pissed at first, but then he's like, "All right, I see the I see the humor in." <laughs> I'm just glad that these cops can have such a good time when like this madness is happening around. <laughs> oh yeah, you gotta have a good. Time. You gotta you gotta still be able to make a rubber tree. <laughs> yeah, this is before, of course, they all get murdered. Well, yeah, but, um, but you know what? <laughs> I'd all be brought up at their funerals. Yeah. Hey, remember the last thing we they all did together when they made fun of that guy's daughter because she was in a condom commercial? <laughs> Fucking cops. Oh, that was good. <laughs> uh, I do like... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say, I do like the construction worker guy when they see first see the ad and he's like, oh, yeah, great ad. It makes me want to buy. makes me want to buy rubbers. <laughs> I mean, that, that guy is in everything. He's in lots of stuff, yeah. Sorry, Ryan, what were you going to say? Well, one thing I thought was, something was weird is because one, of, one of the most... Like iconic parts of Joe Patrick when they're like, they fuck you, they fuck you at the drive-thru. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I always thought it was weird that they were at a subway. I'm like, when I think of a drive-thru, I don't think of a subway. Yeah, but now yeah. I do feel like I remember drive-thru subways when I was a kid. Um, I don't remember any being around here. I know that there's one in Kelowna because whenever I'd go to visit my mom, I would always go past this subway that had a drive a drive-thru. And I was always like, that's fucking weird. <laughs> the subway doesn't have a drive-thru. Yeah, because I'm not going to know what topics to pick at a drive-thru. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't know what you have. Just you know, th- throw it all on there. I feel like I would really enjoy a drive, a subway drive through. You would? Yeah. All right, head up to Kelowna. They got one there. Oh my god. Yeah, no, it's it's strange, but also that's probably like the first time I would have been exposed to subway too, because it, it would it was only just starting to kind of show up around then in Canada for us. I don't like, remember subways until I was a teenager. Yeah. It was not always around. Subway's not a place that my parents would bring me. My parents were like, hey, let's go to eat. Let's go buy a sandwich. They'd be like, you can buy a fucking sandwich at home. We, yeah, we, we can have, make that we here. We have Subway at home. We have Subway at home. It's called Wonder Bread and, uh, and Black Bologna. Forest Ham. Yeah. Yeah. Go nuts. <laughs> they don't know. We have mayonnaise. We have mayonnaise and margarine. And mayonnaise and margarine. Yeah, miracle whip. Dealer's yeah, choice. Miracle whip. <laughs> Get a little of that zippy flavor on at least, there. At least back then you could afford lettuce. Am I right, guys? 
price of oh, lettuce no. these days? Oh my god! Oh. I'm gonna have to steal some cougarants to buy some le- <laughs> lettuce for my sandwich. <laughs> oh, oh shit! Actually, we should look into that. Uh, but yes, yeah, yeah, funny subway. But that's a, that is like you're saying a super memorable part of the movie. The fuck you in the drive-through scene. Uh, Joe Pesci, man, just kind of a wild career. To go from this and then right into Goodfellas the next year, it's just such and a home alone. role. Yeah. yeah, and Home Alone at the same time. Like, yeah. it's all over the place. It's great. Yeah, I mean, my first introduction to Joe Pesci was, uh, I think it was 1968, Little Joe Sure Can Sing. <laughs> you guys listen to that? No. Oh, no, anyway. Anyway, it's just like a little... Well, Is it him singing on a record? Yeah, it's called Little Joe Can Sing. Oh, sorry, Little Joe Sure Can Sing. It's just his album from 1968. Get the fuck out of here. I no. think he had a rap song, too, actually. He had another song in the 80s. Eight Heads in a Duffel Bag? in a Duffel Bag. I remember that movie. <laughs> I remember it good, not too. being good. I remember liking The Super, but I, yeah. I gotta watch that again. The Super? Which one's The Super? It's where he's like a superintendent for a, some shitty building, right? Yeah, and he has a Corvette. And he parks it out front. They steal everything off of it. He's not like the superintendent of like a high school district. No, no, it's yeah, it's for a. It's like a slum. He's like a slumlord or something. Yeah, he's a slumlord. <laughs> that well, you know, I can see that. You can see it. You can picture it. I can picture Joe Pesci being any of his characters. <laughs> Get your fucking shine box. Like I can, I can see him beating someone to death. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, so you know, each time that they're confronted by these guys, right, like they just keep coming back on them, which does result in like their entire squad of co-workers being, <laughs> being murdered. It's like, do you think we have they the card s- game that gets blown up. He should have been there. He felt lucky that day. Yeah. Murdoch. There's another guy that's doing like, uh, he's doing his Kegels? exercises upside he down. He like, like pull-ups or something. He gets shot yeah. or something. Yeah. And he shoots him in the head. He like has that weird thing where he sits down on his chair and like carefully aims at his head and shoots him um yeah do you think that that um Riggs and murdoch carry any of that guilt with them (laughs) and how pissed would you be if you were married to murdoch like your house keeps getting fucked up and this guy's like blowing up yeah your brand in the middle of renovations too yeah your brand new vehicle yeah your new car is destroyed Oh yeah, we forgot about the sequence where Murtaugh gets attacked in his, uh, you know, garage upstairs. It's getting renovated. Oh, with the nail gun, yeah. The nail that gun. That was like the, the, as of the end, both. wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, lucky his daughter's bringing in that fucking condom money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're gonna need that. They're gonna need that because he's pretty well, sure his house is fixed in the third movie. <laughs> well, does I remember in the fourth movie they say that his like wife is like some like writer or something? Like she, oh like, yeah, writes she on writes, the side. Like, romance that's really novels the or something. Yeah, because yeah. they thought he was on the take, and he's like. Right, she writes romance novels or something. Yeah, so she got that romance novel money. It was one of those Murtaugh things. He didn't want to be embarrassed and let anyone know that his wife was writing these romance novels. His masculinity prevented him from saying that his wife was good, so he'd rather let people think he was on the. Well, he just knew how much of he. They bust his balls constantly at work. So, okay, well, you know, I think we need to re-examine this movie. In modern light, come on, guys. There's some pretty not not great male behavior in this film. What are you talking about? Just, He's a hero across the board. I mean, I, I'm just, just I don't give a fuck. He doesn't obey the law, but you want to see him get these fucking racists. So how right? old how old are they now in real life? Holy shit! Well, Glover's got to be in his 80s. He's got to be pushing 70 at least. 
70 something. I, I think he might be in his 80s. I know he loves Venezuela. That's all I know about him. He's a communist. He's a commie? Yeah. He's 76. He 76. Yeah. He's somehow younger and older and just right. <laughs> 76? Well, I mean, it's hard to retire these days, right? So he could still be doing another cop movie. And he's always <laughs> been, like, old. Yeah, like, he's one of those the guys whose... thing was the first movie he was... Well, it was his 50th birthday in the first movie, and that was 1986. Yeah. yeah he's 87 years old now. <laughs> it's doing pretty good. <laughs> he's knocked a few years. He's knocked 11 years off his life. I mean, <laughs> he's going to he's gonna be in a wheelchair in the last movie? Like, how are they going to play it? Oh, here's a picture of him. 75-year-old divorced Danny Glover shows off his new girlfriend. This guy's living the dream, hey, man. Good for him, man. Fucking get it, son. <laughs> I, hope he, I hope he's not fat in the new movie because Martin Lawrence got, would look pretty fat in the new Bad Boys. Yeah. Like, it was almost distracting. Yeah, well, hey, guys. <laughs> hey, let's, no. let's, we, don't, we don't shame we don't body. We don't body shame here. We don't, we don't body I, shame I noticed. I noticed that, too, Ryan. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's definitely more portly in the, in yeah, the most recent Will Smith looks the same. Well, that's because he's in fighting shape. (laughs) He's got to stay in fighting shape. In case anyone disrespects his wife. Yeah, he never knows when somebody's going to fucking put his wife's name in their mouth. He's going to have to slap it out. I mean, but I guess, you know, Will Smith has continued to be in big movies. And I think Martin Lawrence, what did we really see him in for... He had he had a break there for a oh, while where he wasn't doing much. Years. National Security and Blue Shirt. The last two things I remember seeing him in before. And he did Black, bad boys. What, what about the Black Knight? Oh, the Black Knight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love Martin Lawrence's run in like the yeah yeah early two thousands. Nothing to lose. Nineties. Fucking to lose. great Tim movie. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great movie. That was yeah. a good one. Uh, yeah, and I remember liking Blue Streak and that stuff too. Blue Streak's hilarious. Yeah, Blue Streak's good. When he National dresses up security. as the pizza delivery guy, yeah, he's it's like, fucking, it's funny. I kind of yeah. watched Nat. Was National Security actually good? Because that's the one with he's with Steve Zahn, right? Uh, no, I, it's that's on his down slope. That's he's going his, downhill. Down, yeah. Okay. Steve Zahn though, there's a guy I never thought was going to have a career. Is he still around? He is. Yeah, he must be. He still does around. like he does like TV shows and movies. Like he's like. More of a still like I think he still has like the indie cred that he gained in like his teens and twenties. Link later movie. I haven't seen him in in a while, so I, I, that happens a lot nowadays. Where I'm like, I wonder what ever happened to so and so, and I look them up, and it's like, oh, they've been on such and such TV show yeah, he for was like six years. And I'm like, White okay. Lotus season one. <laughs> oh, Steve Zahn was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's, he's out there. He's, he's and that's the perfect role for him. I always like to see when actors' careers get resurrected, like. Brandon Fraser with the with the the uh, the whale, and then the guy from the Goonies, the dad just yeah. shows up and everything everywhere at once. I love that shit when these guys they just resurrect their careers. I think it's great. Oh, and they were both in a little film called Encino Man, right? <laughs> a classic. Uh, yeah. It's I mean, right. we should we should have known then when we saw the two of them on screen together in Encino Man. <laughs> One day these are both going to be Oscar winners. Uh. <laughs> I actually, I I think I saw. I said they're going to win an Oscar the same day. But I mean, it's, it is funny though to think about like Harrison Ford has never won an Oscar, but Kehu Can has now won okay. an Oscar. I mean, it's awesome. I'm super happy for him. It's just kind of weird. Is to think Harrison about. Ford a good actor? He's great at being a certain person. He's great at being fucking Han Solo. It's like Tom Cruise. I don't think Tom Cruise is like an Academy Award caliber actor. He's just no. good in no, all the movies good. he's in. But yeah. nobody yeah. is better at being Tom Cruise than Tom Cruise. Yeah. Well, yeah. he knows which movies to be in, right? Like movies with running. Suit him. 
Harrison Ford, the fugitive, he was a little bit different of a character than, than he was in Han Solo. I didn't that. shoot my wife. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> Your favorite. Best line in the movie. We should probably do the fugitive at some point. When Tommy uh, Lee Jones says, I don't care, I believe him. I think he wanted to just be done for the day. I, I just don't think anybody could have survived a long dive off a dam, though. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's where you're drawing the line? That's where the line yeah. is? That's where, that's, that's where reality is. For me. <laughs> that's okay. Wait, that, that calls into question some of the stuff that happens in this movie. Though. <laughs> <laughs> There's some seriously... Uh, I mean, let's just talk about when he rigs. They he finds out this fucking guy killed is the one who killed his wife. Now they've also killed his brand new one day girlfriend. <laughs> who I think he was just I honestly think he just was to just add insult to injury. He was revenge sleeping with her. <laughs> like he was just being like, oh, yeah, this will fuck with those. This will fuck with those guys. I can't wait to tell them. <laughs> Do you think he used the condom? He was, yeah, he had all those condoms. He do you just, think it was one of the pulled ones pulled one off of that plant? I I must have like closed my eyes for that scene, that part. But did he you think that it was one of the condoms that the daughter was selling? Yeah, probably. Mm. He's got to help support. Hey. He's got to so rip, rip for her pleasure. Yeah. Just like just like uh, just like the movie Crash, everything is connected, guys. It's all connected. <laughs> um, so he gets that. He we see him get out of the straitjacket. He gets in the truck. He calls Murtaugh. He's like, I'm going up to the fucking house and killing all these fuckers. Uh, and so when he gets there, he he's using his pickup, which I'll give you. It's a big truck. It's got the dualies and everything. Yeah. No. I don't buy that he's pulling that fucking house with the stilts down, though. I mean, the I, sequence is awesome. That's the part that just like loses you. It's eh? pretty fucking crazy. That truck would just like not. This is not happening. I wondered, like, because I, I didn't really remember what happens in the film, but. I was like, why are they pointing out his vehicle so predominantly earlier in the movie? Because I remember he like parks his well, truck. Well, if you live in Los Angeles, that's what you want, right? You want oh, a huge yeah. pickup truck with the extra long bed. Oh, and dude, summer of, summer of, yeah, summer of 88, <laughs> you, couldn't, you, you couldn't sit Cruising on- Cruising down uh, the strip? Yeah, you couldn't sit on Melrose <laughs> Boulevard. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't uh, throw a stone without hitting a dually. But in all honesty, though, in Grand Theft Auto V, I pulled the house down with stilts with a truck that wasn't a dually, so- Yeah, Did well. they yeah but was it really like uh, they didn't weaken it in some way first structurally or anything? I don't think so. In Grand Theft Auto V, the game, they they basically ripped that scene off where you pulled some guy's uh, house down with a pickup oh. truck. If it can happen on a PS4, then yeah, you got. I think I'm convinced. I'm convinced. Uh, it's it is it does look awesome. This fucking looks house rad. coming down. I don't know. Did does anyone know? Like, did was that for real or are they using miniatures or what? No, that's doing? the house that Bosch lives in. in yeah, that's Bosch. the Bosch house. That's the Bosch house actually. Um, it's all CGI. That's why his house is so. That's the Bosch house, and uh, it's a historical site now. <laughs> And my, if you just watch like the movies that we watch, rich people all live in Bosch House. In- oh yeah, if you live in LA, you fucking you're in the hills for sure. You're in yeah, the hills. You have a fucking sure. stilt house. Uh, I mean, otherwise, what are we doing here? We what gotta, are we doing? Got to look glamorous. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that that sequence looks great with the fucking house collapsing. He, he's like stoked. He's like jumping up and down. He's like, yeah, I'm like fuck yeah. Uh, Pesci, they was getting tortured inside. Glover had to go in and rescue him and shoot all the fucking bad guys. I think Pesci doesn't get enough in this movie. I want to know more about Pesci. Well, he's around for the rest of the movie. Uh, <laughs> well, the rest of the movie, yeah, he's into the next two. Yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed. We're fingers crossed. 
What's Does that? he get kidnapped because they go back to Murtaugh's house because he's like, he heard the name of that Alba Barton or whatever. He's like, I heard that name before. So then they go back to the house and he starts watching the VHS tapes of his like <laughs> yeah. boat on the boat. That's when he goes, gets it's a ship. And that's yeah. when Pesci gets kidnapped and they kill the guy with the nail gun. Yet another, another hilarious connection though. Like he just so happened to be out on the boat that day with the fam yeah, <laughs> happened to get, happened to get some footage of the Alba Varden. Where yeah. <laughs> to me, that part strains credulity, guys. I just don't. I'm sorry. It's not that it's any one moment; it's that all the moments put together. Uh, like... So I I will bring up a phenomenon I do feel happens in stuff like this is that we all suspend our disbelief to watch the movie, mm-hmm. to watch stuff like this. We all have to. Yeah. But, yeah. And this is why I think the movie. Is a little. It doesn't work perf- as well as other things. Is because you have time to think about these things, or they they accumulate in your head. Where well, yeah, but it's like you're saying, like we think about these things differently now than they than absolutely we did when we first for sure, saw them, for sure, right? for sure. Yeah, like yeah, we, you're right. You're right. We, we question more stuff than we used to. Yeah, and I it's I wouldn't allow I would I wouldn't feel as warm to this happening in a movie today, right? As in the 80s because it's like yeah okay that's great fucking pull her down <laughs> right um yeah so he knows it's the, what the ship is they've got pesci. that part was stupid they just, though they they kind of just dismiss pesci which felt a little weird after everything he'd been through with them <laughs> they're just like all right like take take the car you're, you're done now your part's done <laughs> they're like oh yeah we can't have you going to the alba varden with us to fight the dangerous uh, South Africans. I mean, no. they only put him in danger through the entire yeah, fucking movie. No, no, no. You're uh, you're in witness protection. Yeah. Um, Wait a minute. Take this police vehicle. Turn the lights on. Yeah. Sirens. Fuck it. Uh, drive to the station. It'll be safe. It'll because be safe. It's not there. like they've been killing police. No, right they didn't now. just blow up a dozen <laughs> cops. And I, I didn't jump out a window with you earlier, land in a swimming. That yeah, that's just gonna bring that up. We didn't talk about that scene. I think it could have been been funny if Pesci had been like, had to like turn to the tables at that point and been like, "Fuck you and fuck you." <laughs> I've done this. I've done this. Yeah. I've done this. I've I'm coming with you. He's so loyal to them though. Like when they got it, they take him to the station and the captain's like, "Who the fuck is this?" And they're like, "Oh, this." He's like, "Leo gets blah blah blah," and he's like, "These guys are good cops. You know they're doing this." Yeah. yeah. He's like protecting them even though they treat him like shit. Well, they clean. He cleaned. Uh, he cleans Riggs', Riggs his house. trailer for him. Well, they, they which, treat him like Donnie and Big Lebowski when they're like, "Shut the yeah. fuck up, Donnie!" Yeah. Every two minutes, that's what they treat him. Like. And then they're so sad when Donnie dies. Yeah. But yeah. They, well, it's but it's the same way that you. Like it's like families. It's like he's the littlest one. He's like the little yeah, brother, the and they treat him like total shit. But then as soon as somebody else treats him like shit, they're like, "Fuck you! Yeah, I'll yeah. fucking I'm gonna, you I'm don't gonna, touch him. That's our fucking guy. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna we, skin you alive and fuck what's left." <laughs> yeah, what doesn't he? Say, what does he say to uh, Joss Ackland? He's like, he's like, uh, if you don't leave this country, I'm gonna. Fuck your ass he, he's and like, put I'm your gonna dick f- in a sling or something. Yeah, there's some weird shit. He's like, one part he's like, I'm gonna fuck him. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna fuck them. And it's like, well, oh, Mel, calm down. <laughs> I mean, hey, gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then the end. Of course, we get the big ship, the dock ship sequence with the Alba Varden. Uh. The also pretty iconic when they're in the the crate with the money, and they send the car flying out. Um, <laughs> you just see him and he's like 
oh, all our money. <laughs> it's so sad. Uh, I did think that part was funny too because they're like they started shooting the water. They're I'm like guys, there's no way they're in that car. Yeah, they would drive. <laughs> Come <out>. on, <laughs> I know you're South African, but you're not that well, white <laughs> South African. You're not that stupid, <laughs> but they are. South Africans, man, apartheid. You know, it's just a henchman thing. Like you, you're you're pretty dumb if you're a henchman. I I wonder how hard it would be to like rise the like ra- like ra- rise the rank. What's the word? You raise the ranks, rise in the ranks. Sure, <laughs> and become like number one henchman. Because really, you gotta stick around for like yeah, well, what a week. Derek O'Connor is our number one henchman in this film. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I forgot he was in Brazil and Time Bandits, the Terry Gilliam movies. Um, I, we get to that sequence, and now it's you know it's that thing where the henchman is the real badass. And we've talked about this before. Um, you know, you have the boss who's just like the guy delegating stuff, and then you've got that the main henchman who's like really kick ass, like Carmen Diehard. Yeah, I, I yeah. wonder who Elon Musk's henchman is going to be. <laughs> Jeff Bezos. That hasn't, that hasn't revealed itself yet. Uh, and so, and then he he's doing some kind of like I don't know kickboxing or some shit to rigs down in the it's something. cargo area. It's South Africa. <laughs> it's South African dance fighting. Yeah, yeah it's probably some sort of <laughs> South African martial art or something. Yeah, um, never really took it's, off. It's got like the fancy footwork. It never took off. <laughs> never the way took off <laughs> that they thought it was going yeah. after this movie. Yeah. Um, it's like it was a lethal weapons version of Gunkata, <laughs> right? Um, but yeah, he's doing some kind of fancy dance, kicking moves and shit. Uh, what do you guys think of his death? Do you like that? The squish, the squish under the under the giant cargo. Yeah, it's good, satisfying. Yeah, I mean, I think it's always better when it's like a it's like a blow up. Did, I don't think Mel Mel Gibson even got to give him a line, did he? No, he doesn't say anything to him. Like he, he should have been a, like, "Even I'm getting too old for this shit," <laughs> or uh, "I'm also getting too old for this." Like, shit. tell my wife I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> tell my wife and my girlfriend. Yeah, I tell my hello. wife and my. Hey, see my wife and girlfriend in hell. <laughs> like they're in hell. They're well. They're all in hell. And they're all in hell. Murdoch, he sorry. Riggs loves it, loved his wife, but he came to terms with where she is a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> She's a real heathen. Uh, yeah, it's a good squash kill. I I think you're right. I think it would have been good for him to have a, a line at that point. I mean, it's the kind of movie where everyone has a line all the time. Seems kind of funny that they didn't give him one there. He should have said, like, welcome to the jungle. Because Murtaugh gets the two good ones, right? He gets nailed them both. And then, of course, the, the one coming up where he shoots the main guy in the head. He's like, I have diplomatic immunity. Yeah. <laughs> it's been revoked. <laughs> well, this is the greatest line in the movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm ever fucking loving that Other line. than makes me want to buy some rubbers. <laughs> yeah yeah it's true it's exactly oh and then we, we forgot about joe pesci talking about how great her body is yeah <laughs> yeah he's like turning the tv off he's like what are you doing she's great she's got a great body <laughs> oh poor Murta, just always getting this shit uh he gets he gets mel gibson gets shot there right and we have like the the very emotional moment where it's like is he gonna die um 
and he's being held in Dan- Danny Glover's arms and they've got like knock knock knocking on heaven's door <laughs> is playing <laughs> like holy shit uh, and then there's just you know there's time for some more jokes he's not he's not dying he's fine oh no this is this is this is a real cut him up <laughs> these guys are having a good time even when they're having a bad time well there is a Mary Melody's like Three Stooges energy to the to it the slaps it's, it is it's yeah. it's constant like anvils did, dropping on did, people did you guys hear the fucking Mary Melody's music uh, as the movie begins like the Warner Brothers logo comes up and it goes dan, 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 dan. no I didn't it did when I when I watched it I was like oh okay so they are kind of that's yeah. kind of the energy that the movie that's has cool. right? in a lot of ways I'm here the for score, it. Oh, I said it. I said the score is very similar to like yeah, Michael Kamen. It's very similar to Die Hard to the score. It's that same style. Yeah, for sure. I, and I I love the Michael Kamen score stuff. He does like I think he does kind of reuse some pieces here and there, but uh, it sounds fucking killer for sure. And then you've got, of course, all the saxophone. Mm. <laughs> <stuff>. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Gotta have the, it's a neo noir. You gotta have that saxophone <laughs> in there. Uh, I see at the end in the credits, this one, Shane Black gets some story credit for this. One, uh, his but character I don't think or something like that. No, he just in, created it. Right, because he wrote the. First so he gets credit on all the films. Oh, okay, is that what it was? I thought it said story by. Usually, you see like characters created by whatever. Oh, okay, like. I yeah, I'm not sure. I don't know how all that shit works, but yeah, but. Um, so Ryan, you think this is the best out of the four? Yeah, I think so. And what do you like? What would you number one? Would you put second kind of thing? Oh uh, yeah, I'd say how I rank it. I'd say second is first, number one is second, and then I'd say the fourth one. I really don't like three that much. Actually, three three is definitely I feel like the weak the weakest yeah. rank. Um, I remember it still thinking it was fun, but like yeah, it's got the bad guy. I remember is like he's got a construction site and he's yeah. Like, have that fight with him he's like driving a bulldozer at the end trying to kill Riggs with a bulldozer he's like an ex-cop or something yeah he's an ex-cop that's right Riggs uses like the the armor piercing bullets that he's been selling or something to yeah. shoot through the bulldozer to kill him I've never seen it <laughs> you never saw three no I've only Ray, seen Ray, one Russo? two and four. Oh, interesting well was, if you were gonna I, skip one and I, think I saw four because Jet Li right Jet Li yeah. was in it he was just going to be a, become a big thing at that point. Sorry. I always thought it was weird too. Joe Pesci like bleached blonde hair in that movie. It was kind of weird. Oh yeah. And he's, he's like doing real estate or yeah, something. Yeah, he's a realtor. Yeah. He's a realtor. That's right. And he comes in, he's like, oh yeah, drug dealer shot this up. And some guy got killed in the garage with the nail gun. And they're like, they're like, you're fucking my shit up here, Leo. And he's like, well, it's disclosed. I got to tell him what happened. <laughs> that's right. He's trying to sell the house because yeah, all the murders yeah. happened there. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Okay, maybe that movie is pretty good. <laughs> to go back and look at it again. Yeah. Uh, is there any like stuff, like specific action moments or stuff we should? Talk we covered about? everything that I. Like, yeah, we've hit it all. Yeah, it's good. It's Anything a good movie. you we we missed, Ryan? No, like I said, the. Uh, uh, um, no, I can't really think of anything. I thought I think, like I said, it's got so many. Like I always feel like with this movie. People think of set pieces from this movie and they think they're in the first one. Yeah, I, I think they're so true. iconic. And I think it's like part of what I was saying too, like the 
how much it was on cable sort of it's just like sunk into a lot of people's minds and so when they think of lethal weapon they actually are thinking about stuff from lethal weapon 2 i mean that is the one thing that one advantage right in a sequel you've already laid the groundwork for the characters and now you in this movie they get to just sort of be who they are and there's more of a comfort level there's more we have more of that comedy interaction between Riggs and Murtaugh and so I think yeah like people think of Lethal Weapon they think of these moments the the way that the the two of them are with each other are like they're thinking of this movie more than they are actually thinking of the first movie because the first movie is like we were saying it's like it's more it's a little it's like more serious actually yeah yeah it's more serious it's it's got all the depressive and it's all got all the angst of like, are these people going to be able to work together? Cause it's, they've been thrown together and like Murtaugh doesn't like him even at first, you know, it takes a while for them to sort of grow on each other. So you don't have to worry about any of that shit. You can just like go to town straight, straight off the bat in this one, which is what they do. Right. So I do think this movie is the most fun of the series. I don't know if it's technically the best movie of the series, but it's fucking fun. I remember four being fun. Four is pretty fun too. Like I one, I wouldn't say it's it's fun in a dark. Yeah, it's more dark. But four is probably the four is the brightest of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, by then you're pre- they're pretty well established, right? And they can just. But if you think about one and two, they're both quite dark films. Like just like visually. Yeah, looking you looking mean, yeah. dark. Yeah, where I remember four being like more like the like Los Angeles sunshine. Three's like that too. Yeah. Freeze yeah. I always thought it was a little bit brighter too. Yeah. Uh yeah, there is more and there's just more nighttime action and stuff happening yeah. too in this one. But yeah, I guess that's kinda like I don't know. It's the it's the advantage of just building off of what you've already done. But the the action is definitely way amped up in this one compared oh, yeah. to the first movie. Yeah. Like the first movie almost feels more like there's oh there is a few big set pieces, but this is like every every 10 minutes they've got something for you right happening so i just i personally i mean i rated this higher than the first one on this but my ratings have gotten higher and higher through like it's why it's a system that we have but um i enjoy the first one more i think from like the story and even though it's very confusing yeah like number one is very confusing like what what was their actual well whatever but (laughs) uh this one is good. It's like the action is pretty much nonstop. You're right. Uh, I wish they had some better like one-liners maybe. Yeah. I mean, there's some good ones. There's some good ones. I'm just, I mean, it's the Pesci try stuff. Try harder. <laughs> Come on. The Pesci stuff's pretty, pretty gold. Pretty classic stuff. Yeah. I know. That's not you at the drive through. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. Pesci. All right. So yeah, let's get to our ratings now. Um, and we'll go through a little bit. So, uh, John, what did you have for your numbers there? Um, my overall reaction is a seven and a seven point two for the film. Uh, yeah, it's great. Yeah. I, I, I wish they could have made like twenty of them <laughs> in their prime. Well, don't, hey, they're not done yet, man. Uh, <laughs> There's more coming. I don't. I think time hasn't necessarily been the kindest to <laughs> the franchise. And Ryan. Uh, what you have for your reaction you had a seven yes a seven and so your overall score with your other numbers does end up being a seven uh total and i had a reaction of seven but my overall score is a 7.6 so actually apparently i like it more than either of you 
I gave quotes and I gave quotes and tropes a nine because I think there's lots of funny shit. Yeah. I think you know it's tropey as fuck, and most of it is pretty classic stuff. Like this is one of those movies where a lot of this stuff like comes from. Um. So I don't know. It ranks high and like that for me. Yeah, I should give it another point because it's going to make a difference. It's going to make a world. big difference. Uh, so that gives it a score of 7.3. Where does it end up on the list, John? Well, this isn't really necessarily up to date, but let's just say it is. It's This is going to end up being a tie, number 39 to 46. We got Prey, Assault on Precinct 13, wow. Predator, Drunken Master 2, Commando, Project... Project A, Last Action Hero, Ong Back, Edge of Tomorrow. Wait, didn't we just do this? We just this? did this. We did. And it, and something else went in after that. Always. Yeah, it's uh, fucking busting. Uh, busting, right. Yeah, busting's in there, maybe. Yeah, which is one of the original buddy cop movies. So let's, where are we going to put this? Yeah, what would you... I mean, if... I the, hate this part now. You hate the voting part. I well because I, as the list gets bigger, we end up having more ties over time. So then we gotta like slot slot it in somewhere. I'm also so these. disenfranchised with the entire process. <laughs> like it just feels like so like shuffling deck chairs. Like who cares? Like I yes, but on any given day, you just come up with an. Answer. I know, I know. I just I also but I also like it because it is this like living document that's yeah. that's interesting. So I'm gonna put this. Okay, well, let's just go through these. Yeah, say them again. Okay, so it actually wasn't Prey. It was, it was 7.3, right? Yeah, 7.3. So it starts at, it's behind Assault on Precinct 13. It's behind Predator. It's behind Drunken Master 2. I could put it in front of Commando, but I can't put it in front of Ong Back or Edge of Tomorrow. So I'm going to have to put this at the end. Oh, at the end. After yeah, because I can't put it in front of Edge of Tomorrow. And if busting was there, would it go yeah, behind bust, busting? I, yeah, no, I don't know. Busting, <laughs> busting is never going to be watched by anybody no, who listens yeah. to this. Have you seen busting, Ryan? With uh, no, I've heard. Is it, is, I'm trying to think. Is it that with like Walter Matthau or something? It's Elliot Gould and Robert. Oh, that's Black. who it is. Oh, rip. That, that's who it is. Rest in pieces. Yeah, Robert Blake. He died like the day after we after recorded, we recorded that. Recorded it. Yeah. Was it Robert Blake? Yeah. I thought he was yeah. still alive. No, he's in hell with uh, Riggs's <laughs> wife. <laughs> um, I oh sure, the Well, I definitely wouldn't put it in front of Commando. Um, I could put it. In, I could put it in front of Project A, even though I really like that movie a lot. It's one of my favorite Jackie Chan's. I, I oh, it's tough. This is a cla- This is a pretty classic movie. Well, I it would is. put it up there with Predator and Commando for sure. Those are two of my like favorite Arnold movies. So. Well, it's okay. going right behind Commando then. Right behind Commando, which is, so then what's... Number 43. New number 43. That's pretty good. Pretty high in the top 50. Pretty high. I think this has actually ended up ranking higher than Lethal Weapon 1 it on did. the list. Well, that's why we have which to... Re- is crazy. We'll redo it. <laughs> we'll redo it. We'll just redo every movie. <laughs> what we'll do... Uh, we'll, we'll we just, there's so many fucking movies we haven't done, and we're like, ah, oh, we got to redo that one still. What we should do is we should just do a... a uh, at the end of the year... Yeah. We should just we like we should just redo like ten movies. Dude, just do the ten. Uh, like ten, ten bang, like bang, knock them out. Yeah, just bang them the fuck All out. All right, we gotta gonna do a new score for. We gotta do a third new score for Stone Cold because it's still not. <laughs> I think we need to go back and look at the long kiss goodnight. 
Yeah, Long Kiss Goodnight. That's a good one. That's a good movie. It's a good you guys movie. haven't done Last Boy Scout either. That's a great movie. Yeah, we did Last yeah, Boy well, Scout. Well, no, no, we did. We did do it, but we never released it. It was one of the first ones we recorded. We didn't we lost that twice. Yeah. Didn't we do it twice? No, we haven't done it a second time oh. yet. So I actually was thinking about uh, that the other day. We do need Last to do Boy it. Scout doesn't hold up. Well, we'll see. Oh, fuck. I watched it like a year ago. It's actually still pretty good. I think it's pretty good. Yeah, it's got a lot of funny shit in the script. Shane Black script. Well, next, uh, the new number one comes out next weekend, Ryan. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah. It's in the theaters. Do you going to go see it? Um, He's like, what is it? Do you know what it is? John Wick? John Chapter Wick 4. 4. I want to see John Wick 4, yeah. That's the new. It's, it's only going gonna... to be three hours long. No big deal. <laughs> is it that long? Yeah, James is going to have to buy. He's going to have to go see it twice just to see the first Well, yeah, James is like an hour and a half. He tops and he's done. He's yeah. done. 90 minute, 90 minute James, you guys call him. <laughs> yeah, it's true. you know he was gifted with such a large bladder. That's the sad part. <laughs> the kid can sit through anything, but he just doesn't. He doesn't uh, use it. Doesn't put it to good use. Okay, we should have just wrapped this. Up. Yeah, we'll wrap it up. Man, thanks for coming on again. Thanks for having me. Good to see you here, you again. It's been uh, been quite a while, and uh, yeah, it's nice to sort of be back and connecting again with people that we've you know built some relationships with here over time. But uh, yeah, so new number 43 for Lethal Weapon 2. Ryan, you got anything you want to plug? <laughs> no, I got nothing I want to plug. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I thought so. I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, thanks for listening, guys. Take care. Uh, check us out on Letterboxd, Instagram. Don't bother with Facebook. Uh, we are also, <laughs> our Patreon is up again if you're interested in joining up. And uh, so check that out Action Action Podcast. And we'll catch you next time. Let's go, guys.